are listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 66 of Free Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and today I'm with... Barry Neal. And there's no Colin. No. There is no Colin, but, but there is you, which means one of two things. Or two of two things. <laughs> Either A, you're on holiday, or B, Colin's working 12 eights. Yes. Which, or both. We're both the same person and... We only one of us does a really good shave. That's pretty much it. It seems like I just it, it, I can't remember last night. Well, he's in the same room as when we done the one with um, Lorraine a couple of weeks ago. But yes. on that, it's been very rare we've all been in the same room together. Um, the room we're in again is the Raven, as always. Glasgow, as always, uh, in our normal booth. We've, we've moved around the last couple of weeks. I know it's pretty quiet tonight. Yes. Well, it was quiet last week. I think maybe the football comes on. That will brighten the place up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very quiet. We are in quite early though. It's before work start kicking out. So. Yeah, that's true. It's not even five o'clock. Yeah, so. yeah, so it's um, a bit quieter. Um, what are you drinking today? Sparkling lemonade. Looks very sparkly. It's actually quite refreshing. It does look very. There's a lot of ice in it. There's a drop of ice in it. Yeah. Um, I am on Green Mantle IPA from Broughton. Okay, I've seen that on tap. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, not dissimilar to the one they do, it's called the Hoppopotamus, <laughs> which I do quite like, but purely for the name, yeah. Hoppopotamus, and a really cool barrel, mm. um, sorry, uh, can cover. Um, yeah, so it's actually the second thing I've ever tried from them, so it's quite nice, a nice kind of kind of unique taste to it. Cool. Um, yeah, it goes down quite well. Yeah, nice. so I definitely like it. Um, yeah. I don't know where Broughton, I think it might be down south. I, think it's, I have absolutely no idea. We no can idea. Google that for next week. Yes. Um, but yeah, I like the stuff. It seems, uh, the fact that it's not up here very much, for me indicate it is down south. Because a lot of the Scottish bars do tend to favour the home drone. The home, I can just think just transport costs. Yeah. It's easier to have you know Scottish stuff on on tap a lot easier. Um, but no, it's nice. Definitely a wee bit flatter than you expect from a beer. It's not got the same zip as like a yeah, one. It does. There's not a lot of bubbles going on in it. So and also it's only it's three point eight, but it looks a lot darker than three point eight should be. Yes, that's what I was actually just about to ask you. Three point yeah. eight is not a lot. No, I mean that's less than. Most of the stuff we drink, we four is normally my sort of like starting off point. Um, <laughs> but no, 3.8 is very, but it is darker you expect for 3.8. Do you think you could drink it all night or do you think it would be a change after a couple? It is quite sweet right before we sit. So yeah, you yeah. Sure. It's quite sweet. That is very sweet. Yeah, I think maybe three or four of them, maybe yeah. two or three of them, and that would be your, your limit for the night. It's quite light as well. Very light, not... almost maple, I would say. Mm. Yeah, but it's nice. I enjoy it, and Jill's brought me my second beer, which will be a Brooklyn Lager. Nice. Which I'm always a big fan of. So it's a good standard beer. It's a very good standard beer. We always enjoy the Brooklyn Lager. Um, so we'll move on to our. We're so close to the illustrious number sixty-nine. I know. I feel. I feel like we have to get the crew back together just to sell. Just for just to yell the number out. It's more available. You'll be available on episode sixty-nine. That's only. That's a question. I can. I can make it work. Make it work. <laughs> and, <laughs> So we'll start with non cinema you've watched a little bit more not the cinema this week than me, so we'll start yes. with yourself. What have you watched of interest this week? Uh, two things that kind of grabbed my attention. One of them was uh, The Purge TV show. Which is on Amazon. Amazon, it's an Amazon exclusive, isn't it? So, yes, yeah. and it's a weekly episodic, so it's not a big dump. I have no idea how many episodes it is. Um, yeah, it doesn't even tell you on their page either. Probably, so, I'm guessing, maybe... Amazon tends to go with 10, 12, yeah. usually, to maybe 14 at maximum. Why can't I say this? Like... Is it? No, okay, so it's, it's based on the, mo- the hit movie. Yes. That's yeah. it. Okay, this has happened after... The... Yeah, when it's set in the universe, it's set after the first purge, or it's set after, like... Mm. Is the purge established in this? Yes. So it's not it, an early purge? It, no. It's definitely set after the first one, because they always talk about the first one, because obviously the first movie, it was all about... Um, all the the latest movie yeah. it was all about them convincing poorer areas yes. to do it right so this is this is like a well-established thing you're maybe talking maybe about maybe five six years into the pod yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. it seems a well-established it's, thing yeah. there's a couple of storylines running through it so is it all set over one night i think and you so. see it from different angles yes yeah okay i think so um i really don't fucking hope so okay <laughs> Uh, right now there's four episodes up as of today they come out every Wednesday okay. um, first three episodes all had a timer on them like showing you at what point leading up to the pod start at five or six o'clock or something and then into the pod right, like okay. how many hours to go almost 24 style yes yeah. the fourth episode has not done this right okay and this leads me on to my first oh no is this going down the way of the walking dead where not not a lot happens right 
and because this the fourth episode was the first one not to have a timer on it, I'm sitting there going like, are they going to start padding this out? Have they have they jumped too much in the first three episodes and they realise they want to try and get to 12 episodes but they've not got enough stories and they have to like sort of make their story not happen yeah. in sort of the time frame so you're, you're not like in that kind of grey zone of like, did this take an hour to happen? Did this take 10 minutes to happen? Yeah. Is this, I think it, I'm saying. It's really hard to like, it's really hard to nail down because like, I can't remember what episode that is but it's like, it shows you the timer of when the purges and flow oh. and then it shows you the time again and it's something like 15 or 20 minutes has passed right, okay. and you're like why are you showing me that it's right. like maybe, show me like maybe. like 24 style show me the hour right. or the half hour mark so I take it this show it pretty much follows the idea of the film which is people in the pods try to survive and it follows different people on that night trying yes. to survive or going out to purge or whatever it happens yeah, to be yeah there's then now there's a there's like three stories yeah three main stories right. running through it um, are they intermingling much just now? Or you no, no, they're all separate. Do you think they might uh, intermingle eventually? Kind of hard to tell. Right, okay. Kind of hard to tell because... But it makes sense if it did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it, it would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> because now it's just... You're, you're seeing this wee section over here. Yeah. And then you're seeing the middle, like another bit of a, right. another story. Then you're seeing this bit over here. Like, it's all, like, Very disjointed. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, the the Cali... The kind of like main story, which doesn't have a lot going on, is about a guy who's ex-army who's trying to track down his sister. He's just came back to the city of all nights. On this night. Yeah, and you're like, you're like, really, buddy? Pick a different day. Yeah. And then it kind of, the story unravels and it kind of transpires that his parents get killed when they were kids in the purge. Um, it's definitely established that the purge is a, a big, it's been yeah. a while, yeah. Uh, so you've got that, so you've got him kind of running around trying to kind of like figure things out and try and track down his sister who's joined some uh, cult thing. Then the other story is it's about a couple who are kind of well off and they get invited to a NFFA party. That's what they get government the thing about. Yeah. Um, they get invited to like a party thing because they're trying to get investments from right. the guy who's leading the party. So it's them and they're locked in this mansion thing. Um, and then just whatever. I don't know what's going on there because that story seems to be taking a lifetime to develop into anything. Um, then the kind of third story is about a woman who has to work. She's in an office building and they all go to floor 38 and they know they're going to be safe there. Right. And they need to close a deal because the rest of the world doesn't care about the budgets right. in America. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're closing a deal thing but then she ends up putting a hat on her boss because he's a creepy bastard right so and he's been like a creepy bastard from like day one right, so okay. uh, but then she can't start can't change in her mind through it and all right. that because two office people end up going off and then one of them kills the other one because she wants a promotion right aye, so it's a it's yeah. so compare it to the movie have you seen some yes. of the movies yeah yeah i've seen a good chunk of does it follow the kind of same dynamic as the movies i'd say worse Th- this is where I'm going to reference it to The Walking Dead where we're four episodes in and I'm already bored I'm right. kind of just like yeah, to the yeah, guys come on like wrap this up do something because the end point of any purge movie the end point of any purge thing would be like basically dawn happens yeah. and it's like basically do they survive the dawn that's it so this seems like it's quite limited in scope yes. you know? like, so either people want to live or die yeah and it's just and even like the cut, uh, it was like the first or second episode when they were kind of showing you stuff. It was from the perspective of the army guy who had like night vision goggles, uh-huh. so it kind of blurred your vision. Now mm. I don't know if they've done that so they could get it on Amazon. Aye, I don't know why, yeah. but you don't. You see shadows and stuff, but you don't really see a lot of like torture. Yeah. Um. Well, and I keep on saying The Walking Dead, but that's purely because there's kind of effort. You could probably condense all the episodes down oh. from like being an hour-ish to right down to half an hour right, if you right. took out the just pointless the filler. Right. Yeah. And I've got a horrible feeling that there's going to be a big chunk of this season that's like that. I think yeah. I've, like, I think a problem with a lot of TV just now is that people think sometimes less is more. Yes. You know, it's like most of Netflix shows, for example, have like 14 episodes, 30 episodes long. You go, you could eat nine would do that, 10 maybe would do it. I think, like, and I've binge watched like the four episodes that are available yeah. now, but I think this might have had a better 
feeling towards me anyway if it was all there so I could go boom 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 boom, boom. Right. whereas this weekly thing like I now, now, I now need to wait a week to find out what's going on yeah. I, I will stick with it until my patience runs out right. I can't see it getting another season yeah. you know I think it's going to be a one and done because you know once you do it it's like where do you go with it Aye. because you've already showed well, essentially you're, you're going to get into like American Horror Story when like True yeah. Detective yeah. Detective you can't really all you're going to do is like do almost anthologies where they'll have another season yeah. but it'll be a completely different story you can't really bring the same people back again really Yeah. but overall if you're a fan of Pug do you like it? yeah if you're a fan of the movies you'll maybe give it a chance how long you stick with it that's up to a personal thing they have eked out every ounce of blood from this very oh. simple concept that yes. you must have. They've really, they've not, they're not, they're not giving up on it. They're, no. They keep going with this. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to have the whole kind of. It, it's killed losing that kind of like terrifying. Unless it ramps up near the end, I, I, try, try. I don't know. Yeah. But the now, you don't get that kind of oh shit man. There's like danger around every corner yeah. kind of feel. Because yeah. a lot like. The fucking army guys like running around the streets and all that, just yeah. with like a body armor and, and a little pistol hanging. He hasn't really came across yeah. much danger. Asked, that's my biggest fear of, of the, the project. I reckon when I watch the movies as well, it's like, I think everyone just stay at home. Yeah. I think people, if no one would go out, everyone would just stay at home. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I will actually have, I, it wasn't really on my radar that much, but I wasn't really that interested in it. Also, you haven't really convinced me to watch it. No, no, like I said, I'm gonna stick with it up until a point, but I'm gonna be so fucking raging if we get to the end of season one and it's not wrapped up with these guys. Mm. Like, see if they suddenly like end season one, maybe only like halfway through the punch night. Right. I'm gonna be fucking raging, definitely. Uh, also, wanna... like the acting seems a bit stiff. I think a lot of the see, particularly like, those movies in particular. I mean, yeah. the movies don't have the greatest acting in it. So the fact that they're going to a TV show now, I think it even it's even more yeah. quality to sort of like that kind of level. So uh, that would surprise me. It's got some like, well, according to Stacey, she recognised one of the fellas that was on it. He's right. in another show, and she's like, "Why is he acting so bad? He's really good in some other show." Right. And I was like, "I have no idea." Yeah. Between like the cat, uh, this guy who runs a bar on Pudge Night and the kind of main army guy for some reason when they two are talking it's it just seems really awkward like, like bad writing bad writing sometimes yeah, doesn't, yeah. Do, doesn't do it uh, yeah. yeah so the purge if you like the purge maybe watch it if you don't like the purge don't watch it yeah if you don't like the movies don't I'm watch it yeah you'll, you'll fucking hate this because unless you want to bore yourself to sleep you know? the one thing I've watched this week on TV mm. is um, one I've been saving my skybox for a bit Based on the adverts that run through it, it's maybe it's about the summer. Okay. So it's been there for a while. It's called Marvel Runaways. Okay. Okay. Um, it's another Marvel show. Um, not in the Marvel universe. I don't think it's sort of like it's Marvel does these like sort of separate shows as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically about a bunch of kids who find out that their parents are supervillains. Right. And they're trying to discover how to stop them. What's happening? What's going on with it? And at the same time, understand understand their own powers and their own their own sort of like and also they go through puberty and all that kind of shit there's no hormones and things are running high so they're all dealing with that so it's like Dawson's Creek with superpowers and evil parents nice yeah um, as you can imagine I'm, I'm actually quite a fan of the comic book I, it's a comic book done by a guy called Brian K. Vaughan it's a brilliant comic book series yeah. absolutely phenomenal like one of the ones you get and you could not put down oh nice like I got it as a big massive sort of like compendium yes you just rattle through it but you just couldn't stop reading it um, the TV show itself has got potential there. It's not entirely perfect. And it's, it's very slow at times. Um, again, as a lot of episodes you go, you can maybe cut these down or maybe condense them a little bit. And it's yeah. only ten episodes long, so that's telling you something. They seem not to want to move the story on too quickly. They want to make, they want to establish everything so you know everything about everything before they move it forward. Yep. Sometimes a little bit of mysteries are is, is fine. Yes. Um, but all the characters in it are very, very charming. All the all the kids are they're just this right side of not annoying. Um, so you can see you find them quite watchable. They've got the Velociraptor in it, which I was very happy with because that's what the show needs, and it has one. I was very happy with that. The parents also very solid. You know, they, they have I wouldn't say menace, but they're definitely there's, they're, they're, they're a villain aspect there. Um, it's kind of throwaway, but it's enjoyable throwaway. Yeah, yeah. Compared to the other Marvel TV shows, which are on Netflix, you know, the, the Daredevils, Jessica Jones, the Iron Fist, and Luke Cage. Yes. They're all fine, and some of them are very, very good. Like Jessica Jones, particularly, is fantastic. Daredevil season one was brilliant as well. Yep. But they're all very dark. Yes. So it's just constant shades of darkness. Mm. Whereas this is a bit lighter. 
Okay. A little bit of, of humour, a little bit of fun, just brighter, bright colours if people are outside, outside in, this, in the daylight. Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So it, a nice, it's a nice balance. Um, and that's what made it. That's why I enjoyed it. It's very, very much still the Marvel universe, and I actually really liked it. It's a good. I think we watched the ten episodes in about space like three or four days, so it's good. Forty-five minutes, you can smack through them, and it's a good solid viewing. Cool. Yeah. So if you get a chance. Marvel Runaways definitely worth a watch. Nice. Yep. And last thing you watched? Eh, uh, where were we? Um, I've only just started this one. It's another one that was getting pushed heavily in the last couple of days by Netflix. It's called uh, Manic. They're very, I mean, this has got other billboards and stuff yeah. in the town about it, so it's definitely pushing that in a big way. Yeah. Uh, which, it's one of those ones you're either going to be into it or you're really, really not. Because it's a sci-fi? Yes. Yes. And it kind of melts my brain a little bit okay. because it's, it's 100% sci-fi. It's not deep sci-fi. It's okay. not like, like this is going to fuck with your head sci-fi. What's the general premise? General premise is... I'm just going to read it because it'll be easier. Yeah. Two strangers are drawn to a mysterious pharmaceutical trial that will, they're assured with no complications or side effects whatsoever, solve all of their problems permanently. Things uh, do not go as planned. So it's almost like a bit like Limitless in the movie or the... Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also got like a kind of light sprinkling of... Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, it's yeah. got like a sprinkling of that. that right, over. okay. That is... It's kind of like weird and you can't quite place it because uh, he. Uh, Jonah Hill? Yes, Jonah Hill is a, like, a schizophrenic in it. Right. Or a, or a cured schizophrenic, but every now and again, like, you, you'll see things like moving or like the world around him will just randomly shake. Right. And then he kind of needs to like, control himself and be like, that's fine. Everything's okay. cool. Everything's cool. Um, Emma Stone plays this kind of like, weird person in it who's kind of like hunted out these drugs that like knock her out for like long periods of time and kind of like she's kind of trying to get over causing the death of her sister right, okay. in a car crash uh, that the two of them were having a road trip in and uh, so I think she's kind of struggling with that and she signs up for this medical trial to get one of these drugs that can blow your mind yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like where I'm up to the now. Like I said, this is on Netflix, so they've dubbed it all, so I'm sure I'll kind of get into it. But what kind of blows my mind is that it is set slightly in the future, not like, not like maybe five, ten years max in the future. Ah, it's, 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 it's within, our, within our lifespan. Yes. Future, yeah. What blows my mind is every that they go, they're all sitting there using like, like late 80s computers like the kind of green text and the big clunky but that makes sense because like think about it everybody now is going retro yes so it would make sense that you maybe you'd want people would kind of people would go backwards a little bit yeah, yeah. maybe even what you're saying as well for using like sort of really old tech it's sort of maybe is it maybe almost an alternate world yeah or something's happened aye or happened. something's happened and then these things are the little things that are working yeah. because they're like almost analog. Aye, so maybe that will be explored later on. But um, I've seen the advertising a lot. It's always getting quite a lot of advertisement. I like people involved in it. You know, like, I like Jonah Hill. I like. I really like Emma Stone. I think it's quite good. People behind the camera as well that have yeah. interested me. So, would you watch? Are you gonna watch more of it? Yeah, out of the two shows that I've watched this week, this one is the one I would recommend, especially if you're like if you if you're into sci-fi even a little bit. I think. I think you'll probably warm to this more than the punch. Right. If, if I was going to tell you to dedicate your time to something, I'd say maybe this. Um, I would say ma- that, is it Manic? Manic? Manic. Manic. It definitely appeals to my sensibility more than a, Like, I've seen a trailer for this, I've seen a trailer for the punch, and the punch would be going like, I mean, I can barely watch a movie. I can watch movies, and I, I appreciate the, the money you do with them for, and how much money you make out of them. Mm. And obviously, it has got a fan base, but I just, I'm not, I'm just not that yeah. invested. Yeah. Not invested. In this seems something like I could generally get quite invested in. Uh, like Justin Theroux in it as well. Oh, uh, nice one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Justin Theroux. He's a good yeah. actor. He hasn't appeared to it because he's only in seven episodes. Okay, uh, I like him. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of quirky, like I said. It's got that kind of sprinkling of eternal sunshine on it, that kind of quirky kind which reality puts not because yeah. there was a scene <laughs> I thought it was my TV was starting to break <laughs> but when uh, Emma Stone's remembering the car journey where her sister that ultimately leads to the crash mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of like weird like kind of flame effect but right, just okay. very slightly down uh-huh. the bottom and now it's like sitting there going it's not my TV like because <laughs> like, you're sitting there going oh it was fine like two minutes ago what's uh-huh. going on uh-huh. and then 
after that whole time, I think it seemed to go normal again, yeah. and, I'll, and then you can learn that that's the kind of memories coming up to the top right. of the head, so the scientist people can extract them and, ah. you know. But worth a watch? So far, yes. Yes. Uh, like I said, I'm only two in of... Uh, I want to say it's eight episodes, I think, isn't it? Pass. It's a mini-series. So right, so it's eight and it's a limited run, so I think it's eight. And, it, and, it's, four, and it's 40 minutes as well, so your time's not... I thought it would be maybe going bigger than that. No, I think they've kind of tried to keep it short and sweet. Also, also Kayla's cast. Emma Stone and Jonah Hill. I know. It's a solid cast. It's a, does it doesn't mean actually... Because Netflix, I think, have been accused, and I think sometimes rightly so, some of those shows look a little bit cheap. You know, some of the like some of the movies anyway look a little bit cheap. Does this look? Can you see a budget on this? Does it look? Does it look cheap? Does it look? No. 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 It's, like, it's hard to say. It's too early because the first two episodes. The first it's, a lot of, it's in a lot of rooms. There's not a lot of big like outside escapes essentially. Yes. Yeah. They're now because um, the first episode is pretty much all of as. Emma walking around New York essentially. Right, okay. And then there's bits in the room. Uh, Jonah's got like large sections in the room when he's talking to his family and stuff right, okay. like that. Um, and then obviously like when they finally get to the test centre, the test centre's in a big room. So that's where you keep the budget down by having yeah. it all in white rooms essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine because that's something I will worry about. It's the cheapness sometimes can really show through. I wouldn't say that's as cheap at all. Like it doesn't come across like that. You can see there's something, there's a budget in there. That's fine, that's you good. Know? Yeah. That's uh, something look for. Yeah, because like, you know yourself, you watch some of the Netflix, it does have a lot of, like, that looks a bit naff. Yeah. yeah. But no, that's good. Um, so move on to the cinematic viewings. Um, there's quite a lot I have seen that you've not seen, so I'll do that quickly. So start with the first one, which is a film called King of Thieves. Okay. Which is directed by a guy called James Marsh, who directed the film called The Mercy this year, the one about the Colin Firth on a boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Theory of Everything as well, he directed, and also Project Nim. Oh, one about a monkey, yeah. which is really touching. Yeah. And also Man in the Wire, one about um, the fella that walks between World Trade Centers. Yes. Him. Um, so the plot of this film is basically, it's, you, you probably know the plot already, it's about the Hatton, Hatton Garden robbery. Yes. Happened about five years ago, I think it was, down in London, where these criminals broke in, robbed all the safes and took all the money, jewellery, gold, everything. And the big thing at the time was, uh, who could have done it? Could it have been this organised gang from like Russia or Croatia, or you know, was it you know some local gang who sort of these you know, sort of up and coming gang who forced their way in? But it turns out that's a bunch of old, like old men, they're kind of like six. They played a bit older in this than they should have been. They think maybe 60, 70 year olds were, um, okay. 50, 60, like they were in real life in this. I played a little bit older than that. Um, so these guys that have done the robbery, mm-hmm. and basically the film's about them playing the robbery them doing the robbery and then the aftermath of that is they all basically decide to want to kill each other for the, for the loot and don't start not trusting each other because of how much money they've stolen as of happens course. in every robbery film you know and probably real life and real life yeah definitely um, come on guys so in this title role you get Michael Caine yes you know, Sir Michael Caine always, always reliable the youngest guy in the group is Charlie Cox who plays Daredevil yes. he's in the film you know, he plays sort of like the he's a tech guy so he's sort of the guy who gives an idea to get into place you also got Ray Winston um, who's always Ray Winston in it up. Yeah. Um, apparently he went to school with one of the guys who'd done actual robbery. Wow. I know. That's nuts. awesome. That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Tom Courtney turns up as well, Michael Gambon, Jim Broadbent turns up as well, and also Paul Whitehouse. So, solid cast. Solid British, British cast. So all guys you know, you recognise, and you've seen them in all things you like, and you've enjoyed them. I mean, I've enjoyed pretty much every one of those actors at some point. Maybe not Ray Winston, but most of them in something at some point. Yeah. Oh, we're missing on Sexy Beast, so give them that. Um, Would you say this movie can't portray the real life heist very accurately, or was it kind of hammed up for Hollywood? I think it's definitely hammed up to an extent. Um, I'm not a fan of, of gangster movies, essentially, because I don't particularly like gangsters being portrayed as heroes. Yeah, yeah, yep, I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You know, I don't see gangsters as working class heroes, I see them more as what they are, which is like criminals. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, it's slightly limited in this one because they're only robbing a they're robbing a bank, which means they're taking money, the bank is insured, blah blah blah. They're not killing anyone to do it, which makes it slightly better. Yes. Um it starts as a, it's, it's a weird mix of a film because it's it starts as like the cheeky chappy robbery, like you look at these old boys doing it and it's like, oh look look at them doing it for you know, for the fun and the giggles or we could basically Kane's doing it for fun, he's not yeah. doing it because he needs to do it, he's just doing it because he's bored, essentially he's bored in retirement. Okay. So he gets you guys here, so this kind of, you feel kind of like, ah, oh, gentlemen criminals are doing this thing. But then, once they do the robbery, it just has this twist in it, where it becomes this film about, like, sort of like this backstabbing, 
sort of trying to be good fellas. You're like, this doesn't fucking fit. The, the character we saw at the start of this sort of like these kind of fun loving guys suddenly twisting. Yeah. Like, it, it sort of looks, it feels like two totally different films put together. Yep. Um, also, the film is is not even slightly, it's openly racist throughout. Uh, because it's like the main point of the film seems to be that. Look, this bank get robbed, but aren't you glad British guys done it and not Ukrainians? It's like, no, I don't think that is. A, I don't see that as a sort of national fucking pride that no. British guys robbed the bank rather than Ukrainians. Yeah, that's that, that's not something to be proud of. No, it's not. But they seem to be thinking this is something to be proud of, and it's like I, I don't really get that. No, I've been holding it. I was like, oh, they are for Britain. Um, the cast, for what they are, all seem to have been fun. They seem to have all worked with each other in the past. Probably they're all from that same generation. They've all worked with each other in the past, I'm guessing, and they know each other socially a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they seem to be enjoying each other's company. Um, and that does come across that there is a bit of fun there. Um, but overall, the, the fun doesn't really completely come through to the, the audience that well. Okay. Um, out of 10, 5. Wow, middle of the road. Middle of the road, solid, but uneventful, to be honest. And it's kind of heartbreaking. Kinda, it feels like it deserved better for the cast it had and for the people involved in it. Yeah. It felt almost like they got one of them involved in it. And then they're going, oh, that's my buddy, I'll come involved in that as well. I see that seems like fun, I'll do that as well. And it's yeah, like, that's oh, how they got full. Aye. Like, once they got Kane, then everybody else just falls on suit, you know. Um, but yeah, particularly the guy who's got a decent back, the director got a decent sort of like um, body of work. Mm-hmm. It felt like he'd done a little bit more with it, you know, but yeah, five out of ten. But it's doing a good business because it's, it's appealing to that different audience that we've talked about before. Yes. The audience yeah. who, you know, your 50, 60 year olds who want to go and see a movie but don't want to necessarily want to go and see Black Panther or, you know, Avengers. And the screen shaking about like... Ah, exactly. They want to see a good old-fashioned movie, which this kind of is a good old-fashioned movie. I just think it's not particularly well done, good old-fashioned movie. Yeah, but that's yeah. a shame. But it'll appeal to that audience. Uh, it seems like it's had something there. You know, you've got the, you've got the bank heist, you've got the cast. Yeah. Aye, there's definitely something there. There's always a good bank case film can totally work. Yeah. Um, but I think as soon as you start putting the robbers as, as heroes, I have a real issue with any bank robbery like that. Yeah, you know? at the end of the day, it's like you can't, you can't portray like gangsters and bank robbers and criminals like that. They always have to get their conductance. Or, or if they're doing it, you have to get their reason early on, or even in the payoff of they've done it and this is how they've done it and this is what the purpose is. And with that works, like, for example, like Dog Day Afternoon. That works because you know why they're doing it. Yep. If you watch something like um, Inside Man, the Spike Lee film, you watch yeah. that, they get to the bit, you go, like, fuck, that guy deserved that to happen. That makes sense to me why that happened to yeah, him. Yeah. This one, I don't. They, all they do is rob. They do make a point in that they're robbing other gangsters, but it's not always other gangsters, it's other people as well. So they're robbing yeah. everybody at the same time. If they only took the gangsters' money, then I'd fuck you fine. Yeah. This criminal, fuck no other criminals, but they're not. They're taking everyone's money, and that makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, five out of ten for that one. Uh, on to the next one, which you have seen. I have. You have seen this one. It's <laughs> called Mile 22. Yes. Directed by Peter Berg. Yep. Who is, well, Marky Mark's best friend, because they've both done Deepwater Horizon, uh, Patriot's Day, Lone Survivor, and now this one. Oh, um, he's also directed the film called Hancock, the one with Will Smith. Yes. Um, and also The Kingdom. Oh, that had a... Uh, Jason Bateman and uh, Jamie Foxx as well. Yeah. Good film. Really good and interesting movie. I think it does. Have I seen that? Or I think it was something else. I'm not sure. And also done a film I really like called Friday Night Lights with Billy Bob. Cool. Uh, Thornton. Uh, the plot of this film essentially is uh, Marky Mark is the leader of a crack team of mercenaries who work for the American government most of the time, um, based on security. But if shit hits the fan and they need to get sort of a job done, they basically resign from the government and they become sort of this elite force who will do a job that the government just wants to basically deny all knowledge. They're essentially the fucking A-team. Yeah. That's basically what they are. Without, without Mr. T, they are the A-team. Exactly. Without having a black van. Yeah, they're basically uh, the A-team. Mr. T, they're the A-team. Um, so in the film you've got Mark Wahlberg, obviously, playing Marky Martinus. Um, you've got Lauren Cohan, who's the sort of the main girl in it. She's um, from The Walking Dead. Okay. And obviously in Batman vs Superman as well. You've got Eco Juveus, I think his name pronounced. He's from The Raid. I'm so glad you pronounced it. I, 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 I feel like I told the wrong piece from the raid. He's awesome. Uh, John Malkovich as well. And I believe it's Rowdy, Ronda Rousey, yes, as well. Yes, yes, yes. He also pops up in it as well. Um, so what did you think of this one? Well, first and foremost, pleasantly surprised by Ronda's acting ability. It seems to have kind of taken a Has step Has she up. done much acting in the past? What's she done? Well, she was in um, the... God, what is that TV show? Uh, Entourage, she's in the Entourage right. movie. <laughs> Those names falling out of my head every time I go to speak. Uh, she was in that. Was she in a Kingsman or something at one point? Something like that? Was she in something like that? I'm trying to think. 
then she was in... Oh, she was in um, Fast and Furious, you know, one of the yes. five or six, she was in yeah, that. But obviously, recent times, she's joined the wrestling fraternity, so she's been doing a whole bunch of that I stuff. I suppose that's the point, if you're in wrestling, you've got to be a good actor, you've got to be, you've got to have, you've got to have like, flair, you can't just be a sport, you've got to get sports entertainment, you've got to actually yeah. cross a character and all that kind of stuff, so yeah, so fair enough, that makes so, sense. Yeah, I'm actually, I was quite pleasantly surprised when I seen her appear because I kind of just went, I picked a film out of the list that suited us both, both yeah. kind of. Did you um, like Marky Mark, is that what it is? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just got away with this. Uh, I like this movie, I'm, like, you know, I'm a big fan of like all the kind of like Andy McNabb books and right. all Perfect. that kind of thing, yeah. all about these like crack team guys that just, or girls that just run into places, get the job done and run back out again. Right, okay. So that's, that's just appealed to me. Right. Uh, one thing I was pleasantly surprised about was how old uh, Mark Wahlberg looked in this. And I was just though. like, "Oh, <laughs> I don't like, know if it's because there's, hope for, there's hope for us all." But yeah. if Marky Mark starts aging, we're all we're okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's maybe just because he's lost a ton of weight now, but yeah. his face looked really old. Yeah, yeah, he's looking a bit. Yeah, he's getting on. But no, I like this movie. Uh, I thought it would have been nicer if they kind of just. Opened up the story near the end and kind of just gave you a, a bigger more. picture. It's still even right narrow. Yeah, right to the very end. It felt very pigeonholed. It was only ever around about this guy that they were yeah. trying to get on the plane. Um, if you know Peter Berg's work, it's very much in his style. Have you seen stuff like Lone Survivor or Patriots Game or, anything like that, or uh, Deepwater Horizon? I've seen Deepwater Horizon, I don't think I've seen the other two. Very much in his style. Okay. Um, Lone Survivor's really good. I'd, I'd recommend Lone Survivor. It's a nice. crackingly good film. Nice. Um, this is very much in that style. It's like the violence is. Like, this is probably the most violent film, because it is really violent at times. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a solid 18. It earns its 18 rating. Oh, that's a, I was about to just double check that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't hold back in the pace of it as well. It is hitting the ground running there. It's no fill in this world. No, it's very little fill. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, broken about 90 odd minutes, give or take. Maybe. Uh, yeah, 94. Yeah, so it moves at pace like it film does, should do. Which is good, because especially for this style of film. You know, you want to keep that kind of like energy up there. You never want it to lull, you know. What, one of my issues with it was that the story does disappear in favour of the action set pieces. Yes. Like, it just seemed to jump from set piece to set piece to set piece, but you're going, like, like is there going to be a story info? And then eventually, at the end, they go, right, here's the story at the end. Yeah. And eventually, the story at the end is just done by a couple of words and just sort of throwing a couple of wee scenes together. Whereas I felt that it could have done more with the story to begin with mm-hmm. to make the, make the action set pieces make, not make more sense, but make more sort of have, have more impact as to why people are doing things Absolutely. but you never really get to the point of like, why the guy's hunting them other than the fact that he works in the Indian government yeah I know so, like, you need to know like, what's, what's his angle like, the things are not really properly revealed other than the fact you might give away secrets yeah that's what I was kind of saying like we kind of needed to open it up just a wee but, bit more just to give me a bit just, more yeah just and enough to justify it and also they kind of dispose of that guy yeah very easily and sort of like point where like, you could have done that at any point during the film why did it take to the last five minutes of the movie to do that moment yeah. You know, um, also a weakness of the film is Marky Mark is many things. Yeah, he is not a savant. No, he's not. He's not a man who, 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 who exudes intelligence. If, he probably is a very smart guy, but having played like this guy who's like basically Rain Man of fucking operations who can like do anything, can solve jigsaws backwards. Mm. You go, I'm just not buying Marky Mark in that role. No, I definitely see him more as a kind of grunt. As in, like, you know, he's just like the cat. I can see him falling orders. Yes. I don't see him taking orders. No, and the fact that he's kind of trying to play some sort of like um, high intelligence oh. human, I'm just about like that. Uh, no. But basically, trying to say he's got like almost a form of autism or something yeah, that yeah. makes him brilliant at this job. Yeah. Uh, and and you, you don't really buy it at all. No. Um, if anything, he just comes across through the whole time movie because that's the character he's playing. He just comes across like a dick. Yeah, that's what I'm not from the way, yeah. the way he talks to people is very blunt, and that's fine. I but thought that's an artistic way of speaking to people. Something that's really It's across. just about like, I'm mean, just being a dick now I, for being a dick. There's no subtlety to the, the performance. Um, I think that's maybe what one wants to be bipolar. I think that's what they're trying to make him. Um, there's no subtlety to put that across. He just comes across like an asshole. Yeah. Like you can imagine someone else maybe like a Clive Owen type guy playing this or something like. You know, you go, you, you, you add a little bit more layers to it mm. to give it a bit more belief and believability. And go like, well, just what he does. Yeah. But for the most part, it's a 95 minute, 94 minute. It's fun for the most part. Yeah. Some of the action stuff is good. The boys in the raid, equal 
your day, day is, that's where he his name. Yep. He does a cracking set piece in a hospital room. Yes. And um, when he's still chained to a bed, which is fantastic to watch. That, that was a good scene. Yeah. I will give them that. That, I know we're talking about set pieces, but that set piece alone was probably worth it. That was good. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. The bit as well does a thing with the, the broken window as well. Okay. Mm. That also pretty decent as well. Yep. Um, so the stuff that works, works really well and the action does move at pace. And Peter Berger, the guy who, he knows how to shoot action. Like he's done Deepwater Horizon, Lone Survivor, Patriot's Day, The Kingdom as well. You know, these are films that are even Friday Night Lights. When he shoots, shoots it kind of like a war movie. It's a American football film. He shoots it like a war movie. Mm. He knows how to do that kind of action, and it's very much in his in his wheelhouse. I also quite like the fact how um, not all of the team made it to the very end. I think that was expected. Yeah, I, think I, did I, that. I, I liked that. I don't. It was good the fact that it wasn't this like crack team of like five or six yeah. people and it was all that rah rah America's great thing. I like seem that crack a team to be honest when you watch it. No, they're, they're, pre- they're pretty jarred and <laughs> they're not very fluid and they're they're not, they seem to get caught out quite a fucking lot to be honest. You know, they're not seem that cracking well, elements. Yeah, not to spoil the movie, we'll talk off mic right. more about it, but that's what I felt like the story was missing, like kind of around about halfway through it, something happens which we'll talk about off mic. But don't explain what's going on so no. you're sitting there like why do they constantly get like the bad guys know where they are at uh-huh. every turn and you're sitting there going what's going on why are they not questioning yeah, this yeah yeah I get you out of 10 what you give it I said I'm a big fan of these style yeah. movies and books so it's going to be an easy an easy I'm going to give it 8 8 well done I mean I don't agree with it but I mean clearly you enjoyed the film and it yeah. healed you on that night yeah yeah that's, that's absolutely fine what about um, 6 and a half. Enjoy, there's bits I enjoyed in it, but there was also lots of them going like, ah, I've seen it before, it's not that great. And, and also, of the four films I mentioned he's done with Mark Wahlberg, it's probably my least favourite one he's done with Mark Wahlberg. I think most of it was his best film, then Deepwater Rise, and then Patriot's Day, then this one. Um, but I like the fact they work together, obviously they have a, they also have a good shorthand working with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but, um, I, it's, it's enjoyable enough as a 90 minute watch, but yeah. pro- I'm not going to ever sit there and watch it again. And, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be rushing back if anything. I point I've gone back and watching a deep water horizon. Yeah, bus. definitely. I really enjoyed you that know? film. Yeah, um, um, but no, it's fun enough. Yeah, fun enough for yeah. what it is. Um, oh, I'm going to mention very quickly the film that I saw the Colin talk about last week. Um, he gave an absolutely shocking review. It's a film called Crazy Rich Asians. Okay, he yeah. gave it like you know his Dunkirk level review. He hated that film. <laughs> I think he's been very harsh on it. Right. I saw it. I enjoyed it. Um, it's an odd film because it's very much a romantic film, which I actually quite enjoyed the romance and the sort of that part of it, which sounds odd, but I did like that part of it. But it really fell short on the comedy aspect for me. Which people, people saying they love the comedy, I didn't really get a lot of the comedy in it, so maybe that's my, my feeling rather than the film's feeling. But I don't understand why it became such a big phenomenon, other than the fact that the people who are in it are culturally maybe underrepresented in films, and that it's tapping into that audience. I haven't seen the film. Is the whole entire film based over in Asia? Or? There's a wee bit in New York, that's about it. Okay. Yeah. Is it for the Western world? It definitely is. It, it follows the same rom-com tropes you've, you've seen in a hundred different rom-coms. Right. You know, you've seen your Bridget Joneses, your Harry Met Sally's, all that kind of thing. So it's, it's definitely in that world. I think it's the fact that it's, it's, you know, representation means something. You know, if you see someone who looks like you, you can identify with it. Yeah. You know, it's the Black Panther, you know, thing. This is maybe that one like a film where it's a film with an entirely Asian audience made by a, a Western studio and getting a massive release. It's something pretty rare in the last 30 years. So people who are, like say, Asian American, which is a massive part of the population in America, Absolutely. are going to really embrace this film in a big way because it is something that you go, oh, that, my God, I recognise this. That's like my mum, that's like my friend. That's like, so they're seeing themselves reflected in the film, whereas me as a non-Asian American man. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you could be further from her. No, probably not. Um, <laughs> I don't see myself reflected in, in that film, yeah, so maybe I, I lose that impact of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as a, as a romantic comedy, as a romance film, I actually found it very quite touching and actually quite sweet and actually generally quite romantic. Um, just yeah. the comedy just wasn't kicking it for me for most of it. Do you think it could have waited until February? Think it would have done better? In February? Nah, nah, no. I don't think so. No, I don't think it's that kind of... I think it's still doing well here, it's still out. Yeah. It's still picking up audience and... I saw it on a Friday night by myself. Romantic? Romantic. <laughs> uh, 
literally I was sitting in the front three rows, I was the only person in the front three rows and behind me from a... Oh, that's heartbreaking. It was all just couples. Oh, <laughs> Richard. Oh, you should have took a picture. Um, I was seeing something else that night, I don't like, I'm, I'm this is the one that I could go and see it, so I'm going to sit and watch it and I feel like, and luckily there's a week in like three seasons, there's a gap. Yes. And then there's like all the big main bit of cinema and I just look back on behalf of them and I'm like, oh, people, people look at me going, Oh, look at how lonely is it? How lonely is it? But not a single person called and said hi. At this point, I was expecting you to pull out a beer and just sit there hugging and kissing the beer. I ate a KFC instead. <laughs> so I was a lonely man sitting in the cinema eating a KFC doing a romantic <laughs> comedy. With a bunch of couples. A bunch of couples, yeah. Well, fair play to you. That was, that was my Friday night. <laughs> I think that would have broke me. I would have I'm out. I don't need to see this. Yeah. Um, I'll give it I'll give it six and a half. Colin gave it a bit too, but I think it's, a, I think it's a f- absolutely fine. Absolutely fair watch. Good, good watch. Um, the other film I saw that night is a film called Where Do We Go From Here? Okay, yeah. It's a Scottish film uh, by a guy called John McPhail, who's written a film called Anna and the Pocket. I'll be very brief on it, because it only deserves a briefness on it. Essentially, it's a guy who works in an old folks' home because his granddad was working, no, his dad was in there. No, his granddad, sorry, was in there. And his granddad dies, but he basically stays in the home, becomes friends with all the old timers, breaks him out on a kind of, let's go and be young again mission to go to, to go somewhere. Um, at the same time, he's trying to make a young nurse fall up for which is probably the two opposite things what you want to do. Yeah. If you're trying to get the nurse to fall in love with you, don't steal the people she's looking after. Well, he works there as well, and she, they're, they're, they're not right. stealing, there's a reason why they're leaving. Okay. Um, this film was actually made in 2015. Wow, okay. But the guy's been put around the festival circuit trying to get, um, it's one of the festival circuit, and he's been trying to try and get it a major release, and eventually it's now got a release. So bravo for him for making this effort to get it a major release. Absolutely, that was like three years. Three years of effort. But to me, it felt like a very well produced, well produced, but still a shouldn't film. Yep. Some of the acting is at best average. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very average. Um, the main actor, a guy called Tyler Collins, I just didn't he just did not convince me at all. The young nurse in it, Lucy Jane Quinlan, she actually quite liked her. She actually she had a bit of character to her, actually quite liked her, I could see her being in all things. Um, the old timers just irritated me. Mm-hmm. And the story just didn't seem to have any sort of real point to it to be honest, I feel like everything was did, everything was very came from very easily. Yep. And the drama that was created was like sort of very forced, didn't feel very natural. Yep. Um, it was mercifully quite brief. It was only about eighty two minutes or something like that, so it was pretty quick. That's pretty short. Um, I just I just didn't really buy into it at all. And I don't know, maybe I was kind of expecting something different. I don't know yeah. what I was expecting, but this was what I was expecting. I just was found very dull by it to be honest. It makes it even worse now you're sitting through that romantic comedy for this movie. This no, I watched this one first. Oh, okay. So Crazy Occasions... Um, Pelt you back up again. Pelt back up again, yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't eating a KFC in this one either, which made me feel a little bit better. It made me feel less worse. You know, KFC adds at least a point on every film. Um, so, again, 5 out of 10. And it's still out this week, so it's obviously getting some sort of major release. I don't know yeah. how it's managed to survive. Again, it may appeal to the older audience because a lot of the old timers, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, so it will appeal to that kind of audience. Also, there's not a Marvel movie out there now, so there's a slot in the cinema. There's, 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 there's other stuff out, but it's just maybe it's, it's the kind of film you could take Granny would probably quite like. Yeah, uh, and you take Granny too. There's not, there's nothing really in it that's of, you know, any offend or you know, make you feel awkward. You know? Yeah, yeah. But overall, I'll be a little bit dumb by it. Okay, that's about a bit of shame. Though. A bit of shame, yeah. Cause I always like to see you know, something like that, but yeah, just. All the plaudits for putting it out there and getting it out there, that's, that deserves all the credit. Yeah, yeah. I just, meh, just wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, next film, The Little Stranger, which yes. was directed by Lenny Abraham, Abrahamson, mm-hmm. who directed a film called Room last year, two years yeah. ago, the one with um, Brie Larson and the kid. Yep, yep. Um, and also a film called Frank, the one with the, the music film with the guy with the big head. Oh. That one? Yeah. So quite different kind of movies. Yep, um, This film is based on a book by Sarah Waters. It's um, essentially, it's a. How to describe this film? It is a guy who's a doctor living in town, just called out to the sort of main mansion set, like maybe post World War One. Yeah, post World War One. And it's a house he knew as a kid, with a sort of the sense of opulence in this town. But now it's sort of filling hard times. But while they're at the house, he falls for the young, the sort of the young, he's like sort of the, the, the custodian of the house, mm-hmm. the daughter, not, um, 
at the same time there's stuff going on with the mother in the house, also the brother in the house, he's got PTSD from World War One. Yep. Um, and the, he's sort of unraveling something happening in this house, like you know, why they've been sort of so acting so strangely and so oddly. There might be a supernatural element to it. And it might just be a sort of a house where people are just odd because of what they've suffered in life. Yep. They're not really sure. Um, eventually they fall in love and they start a relationship and it's and it will have a relationship and not love and have a relationship. And it keeps devolving from there. You're trying to you're seeing these sort of kind of unravel over the course of two hours. It, yeah, essentially that's it. Okay. You get Domino Gleason in it, you get Ruth Wilson in it, Will Poulter, Charlotte Rampling and a guy called George Dillon. Uh, this film is slow to the point of tedium. Yeah. Like um, it, it's two hours long, and it fucking earns every minute of its two hours. You know, there's not a lot of pace in it at all. That's all. Something a slow film can work. You're nothing wrong with it. It can absolutely work. This film didn't work for me, but it's, it's so so slow that I'm going right. This must be building towards something. Yep. It must be a major point in this film. But there was no major reveal at the end in the third act and I'm like just going oh. like I've sat here for two hours waiting for something to happen and nothing happened and nothing happened well, you kind of you stole two hours from me because um, what was in it like the supernatural aspect to it and the sort of like the sort of the buttoned up British society kind of being unravelled was fine I actually quite enjoyed that part I enjoyed seeing this these characters sort of revealing more and more as the film went on and like the idea like the upper crust British of not revealing anything you know when from a little snippet you're seeing, you're starting to see people who, who they are. Yeah. But just, just so, just so slow. And, so, and, and again, the lack of a proper sort of elusive ending mm. really annoyed me. I'm feeling like I, I want something from this film. Yeah, you want you want closure, essentially. Uh-huh. You don't want it to come back for a sequel or whatever, especially not. Oh, definitely not a sequel, but I, just, yeah, I want yeah. an ending. And, some, and it's trying to almost be classy by going, like, oh, we won't tell you what to think. It's like, no. I want an ending. I want you something to end with. You need, you need an ending. You can't, uh-huh. you can't just leave it wide open. Uh-huh. And no, the audience will have their own opinion. Yeah, it's that, to me, that just it's lazy writing. You're, you don't know how to finish a project, uh-huh. so you just go, eh, and the audience will deal with it. There are times when that type of ending will totally work. But in this film, when you spend two hours building towards something mm. and then not giving me anything, then I'm pissed off because I want something to end it with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so again, Lenny Emerson is like, a really interesting director. I loved Room. I okay. like I love Frank as well. Actually, yeah. this film just, just I, I felt really kind of let down by the fact that Catherine all committed. The style is all there. Just I needed an ending. I needed something to make me feel that my two hours in the cinema were worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. And for the most part, I felt my two hours were a lot of waste in this film. And I don't like to have my time wasted. Yeah, yeah, especially when it comes to the cinema, because you go through a truckload. Yeah, I go through a lot of films, and something, and everything is hit and miss. You can always, you can get something good, something bad, you know. But this one, it just felt like it just, I don't think it was a good waste, a good spend of my time. Mm. And I'm saying that after a night I sat the night before and watched Where Do We Go From Here, the, the other one. This thing we give, I'm going to give it a six out of ten, a little stranger, because it, it does look fantastic and the acting is all very good and it yeah. does have something about it. Just the ending just, just did not work for me at all. It's horrible, man. I know, absolutely. Um, but. See for yourself, if you like films like A Woman in Black or My Cousin Rachel, mm-hmm. you might get something out of this. Okay. Um, there's a film out, out last year called Lady Macbeth, which I think done similar things, yeah, which yeah. I loved, and I thought done a lot more with the similar ideas. Okay. You know, so, have, have a look for that one. Cool. Um, final film, it's um, out in cinemas now, it's called A Simple Favour, dealt with OU in Britain, not with just the O in, uh, in America, they've given the proper spelling over here. Idiots. Directed by Paul Feig, um, or Feig. Directed Ghostbusters reboot, um, also The Heat. Oh, yeah. And um, Bridesmaids. Oops. You don't like Bridesmaids? <laughs> no, I don't like Bridesmaids. I like Bridesmaids. I thought Bridesmaids was really funny. Uh, I've watched the trailer, then watched the film, and then everything that I liked in the trailer was pretty much the highlight of the film for me. And See, I was like, uh, Bridesmaids makes me laugh a lot. Like, yeah. there's, but there's a scene in Bridesmaids that had me, like, I think I watched it at home, not in the cinema. Okay. And I was literally on the floor laughing. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Honestly, in pain laughing at it. <laughs> so I really dig Bridesmaids. Okay. Um, and I really dig how he's a very cool guy. You ever see him in the interview? He's always very suited and booted. Looks like the guys at Kingsman, you know, yeah. always wearing the, the three-piece suit yeah, yeah. and always having like, the, the cane and sort of very dapper gentleman. Nice. Um, looks good. Um, the plot of this film is essentially um, Anna Kendrick is a, an ultimate mum. She does the, the, the vlogging. She has like you know she signs up on everything at school. She makes all the brownies. She does everything. She's a, the, the ultimate mum. Um, she becomes friends with Blake Lively through her children. Blake Lively is the opposite of that. She is a sort of the ultimate badass mum. 
you know, will swear, will drink, and drinks a lot. Um, doesn't have any real shame, has no filter in her mouth, and is like sort of the kind of antithesis to the, the Anna Kendrick character. Yeah, yeah. They strike up an un- unlikely friendship. Um, the film gets its name from one point, Anna K- um, sorry, Blake Lively asks Anna Kendrick a simple favour to go and pick her kid up from school. Anna Kendrick does that. At that point, Blake Lively goes missing and cannot be found. Okay. And then the story sort of unfolds from there. Alright. Okay. We're also getting a film called a guy called Henry Golding, who in fairness should be the next James Bond because the motherfucker looks great in the tux. And like, like enough. Oh yeah, I mean he's in the <laughs> division, even I felt conflicted watching him. <laughs> You're a good looking man. Should I call off the wedding or should I not? <laughs> should I try and pursue Henry Golding? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like you know Dan Stevens, like from the, the guest, you like going, My God, you're a handsome fucker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it feels unfair. You know, it feels unlucky. He's in it, and also Linda Caladini is in it as well. Um, <laughs> this is... It's a fun film, but the trailer has missold it. Right. The okay. trailer is selling it as a Gone Girl type film. Yep. Right? That kind of, like, you know, missing wife, you know, what's to do, do you blame the husband, oh, what's happened on here, like, in a thriller. Yeah. It's, it is a thriller to an extent, but it's a comedy. It's a fucking jet black dark comedy. Right, okay. But it's most definitely a comedy. You spend the first, what, 25 minutes just laughing at Blake Lively because everything she says is just brilliantly funny. Okay. Because she's just like, she's saying everything that mums, you imagine mums would want to say. Yes. But but, but, but buttoned down, won't say it, you know. And she's just, she is a, and you really enjoy her as a character. Um, so a little bit missed over the trailer, which is, oh. again, that's the progress of trying to be one in the cinema. That's what they want to do. And like for the first part of the film, you're watching it, you're a bit confused by it. Like, is this meant to be funny? Like, you're kind of a little bit funny. Yeah, is this meant to be funny? Or, uh-huh. yeah. Once you embrace it as this is a comedy film or, or a black comedy, it becomes an infinitely better movie because you get you understand where it's all coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cast are all very good. Blake Lively is particularly very good. She plays that sociopath really well, um, which tells you a lot about Blake Lively, perhaps. You know, being married to Ryan Reynolds turns into a sociopath. Oh. Um, it is. And Jill didn't like this word either as well. It's very, it gets very twisted in the last half hour. Okay. So there's a lot of crossing and double crossing and triple crossing and sort of like, you kind of go and like, if the problem we had with Little Stranger was there was no conclusion in Little Stranger, there'd be too much conclusion in Simple Favour. You know, it, it takes too long to get where it's, where it's going. Yep, yep. And you kind of see where it's going to begin with. You okay. kind of, not again, once, once certain things get revealed, you know where things are going to end up to an extent. <coughs> yeah, you can quickly piece it together yourself. For the most, it's an it's about, I think it's maybe roughly about an hour and a half. Okay. It's a 90 minute film. Okay. The first, I would say, 50 minutes. Solid. Solid. Enjoyed it. Really like the like, character. Even got like Anna Kendrick. You've seen, you've seen Anna Kendrick as this, like, you like Anna Kendrick? Oh, of course. You do like Anna Kendrick? Uh, sort of, she's playing the mum. She's a very button down, sort of like, very mumsy mumsy. Yeah. But you see that she's got a darkness to her as well, you see that in a little bit, kind of, kind of been brought out as well, you see, you see her exploring that. Um, so you get to enjoy that part of it as well. Just maybe it needed a bit more sort of guidance towards the conclusion, maybe a little bit more kind of focal point towards the conclusion. Yep, probably. Um, and also, if you sell that film correctly as a sort of a black comedy, I would compare it to something like Very Bad Things. Okay. The, um, Peter, not Peter Berg film, maybe Very Bad Things, maybe Peter Berg. I can't remember. Very bad things from Cameron Diaz and Christian Slater about a stag do head night thing that goes totally awry. Yep, yep. If you could have pitched it in that level and wouldn't basically again anything from it, I think you'd get an audience who would be more embracing of it early on. Rather than sitting there trying to piece it together themselves yeah. and make their own opinion on it. Because uh, at one point it almost felt like I'm going, is this a parody of Gone Girl? Mm. Like, you know, because Gone Girl is very much in the vibe and all the kind of like sort of um, podcasts. With a bit of the vlogging aspect of it, when you see the um, Anna Kerry character, it comes across a little bit podcasty. Yep. So with podcasting in the know right now with the whole thing like um Serio yep. and the other ones, like all the matter out just now. Yes. You kinda of go, it's just taking the piss out of them the same way that American Vandal is on, yeah, um, Netflix. on Netflix. Yep. I just take the piss, I'm not entirely sure it feels like it is taking the piss. Also it's just by for season two. Season two, yes, and I've not seen it yet, I just I know what it's about. Um, I will try and watch it. Um <laughs> But I ultimately, I, I quite enjoyed it. I would give it six and a half out of ten. Again, yes. same as um, I give it a half out of ten for my old quick two. Because there's a lot of stuff to enjoy in it. Mm-hmm. But there is obviously some down parts yeah. of it as well. But if I was to I'm starting to think this maybe should have been the film I went and seen rather than Mile 22. No, I think, I think you got a lot. I think you got more from Mile 22 yeah. than I did. Where I think I've seen, could have seen more stuff 
from Peter Berg, Amity Death and something on the lines of Lone Survivor. Yeah, yeah. They get quite the same emotional impact as Lone Survivor. Whereas this film, in a way, it surprised me a little bit. I enjoyed the surprise of the fact that it's something not what I expected in a little bit. Yeah. But I think if I'd known what it was going to be, uh-huh. I would have enjoyed it even more. I might have got more out of it, but that doesn't detract from the fact the final 40 minutes gets so twisty turny that I did kind of get, mm, I'm going to lose my face a little bit. But no, I thought it was totally fine. And if I was telling somebody to go and see a film this week, I would say go and see A Simple Favour. Cool. Yeah, so that's that. So that's all the films this week. A lot of me talking. I know. You son of a gun. I did see a lot of stuff this week. You I was, did? I was a busy man. I mean, we were just busy doing other things, but yeah. what I did happen to see was only a trailer, which I wasn't really on board with, but after watching the trailer, I'm kind of on board with now. Bumblebee. No. No. Uh, Maybe Poppins returns. Oh fuck, dude! I nearly cried watching the trailer. Oh man, I am so in for that. Movie. I love Mary. I adore Mary Poppins yeah. in, in every single way. I think it's a great, it's a, one of the best family films of all time. Oh, it's it's timeless. It doesn't age. No, it doesn't age. It looks still fantastic. It's amazing. Um, and I love Emily Blunt. I think she's the perfect person to cast as Mary Poppins. I love Lin Manuel Miranda because he wrote Hamilton and he's a genius. And happy to see him in the role. I like all the guys. I like the guy playing the. The guy playing the, the son, George, that's the guy who does Paddington voice. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> is this going to not Paddington 2 off the top film? Like, no, we're not. <laughs> but if this man takes Hermione Cobbs and breaks my heart and takes Paddington 2 and breaks my heart, this man just owns me. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like he's just <laughs> destroyed me in every single way. Paddington 2 is an amazing film. Also, Paddington 2 has been getting a lot of advertisement on uh, Amazon. I think it's just all the advertising. Where else? But on YouTube, I've seen it as well. It was like advertised on YouTube, and I was like, this is weird. Deserves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time. Uh, but yeah, so, yeah. Mary Poppins returns out in uh, December. December this year. Yeah. I'm all on board for it. Absolutely. I think it looks up. And I like the fact they've done the animation similar to the movie. They the have, they've used, uh, I think they're doing a wee bit of. Thinking, right, yeah, yeah. They've used the same animation style that yep. they've done back then. It's so, it's not, so it doesn't feel. Too modern, much of a, yeah, yeah, too modern. But yeah. it's supposed to feel like it's maybe set 10, 15 years yeah, later, yeah. not set like you know now. Yeah. But it, is, it will be the longest time between a sequel and an original film. Nice. Beaten was the Voices record time by a couple of years. Nice. There you go. A little bit of yeah. random fact thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but out next week, so still out is the house with the clock in its walls. Yes. Which I'm really intrigued to see. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, that's the Jack Black movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite intriguing. As discussed last week, it's directed by Eli Roth, the guy who did um, like Hostel yeah. and you know Cabin Fever, and is the, he plays the Bear Jew and um, in Glorious Bastards. Yeah, it's, it, it seems an odd director for this film, so it could be. I think this is for kids. It is for kids, but like I think, his kids. No, I think it's no. for generally. Like, it's basically, I think it's made for kids, but it's going to go down the route of maybe like the Goosebumps movie, yes. or even the Gremlins film, which. Yes, they're for kids, but they're darkness to me that makes you kind of go, but it will scare you, but not terrify kids, but it'll make kids intrigued to go and see it. Yeah, yeah. Because I listened to an interview from him, he was basically saying is, he wants his kid to get involved in horror, he loves horror, he wants his kids to watch horror, yeah. but there's no PG horror. No. It's all slasher 18 horror, so you can't take a kid to go and see that, but yeah. you need something like, say, like, like I said, Gremlins, or The Witches, or I mean, Critters or something like that, yeah. a kid can watch it and not be totally fucking terrified. Absolutely. They can still watch the movie. So that's out, that's still out, I want to see it. Um, out new is The Wife with Glenn Close. Um, I mean, I'm going to go and see number one because I love Glenn Close, she's an amazing actress. Uh, and I don't think Christian Slater in if you really like. And also, it was shot down at her work. Cool. So I have a connection to it. Can I walk out of work one day and Christian, obviously, Glenn Close said Limo would sit at the table work. Nice. Cool. So I'm going to go see that film. You're uh, almost in the movie. I'm, all, I'm pretty much in the movie. Yeah. I went looking for Christian Slater one day because he was in Glasgow and I did not find him. Raging. Raging. I was. <laughs> um, also, it was Night School, which is a new film from Kevin Hart. Yeah, I wasn't sold on this. No, I'm not sold on it at all. It doesn't really do it for me at all, but yeah. it's out. Yeah. Uh, on Wednesday, you've got Venom. Yes. Uh, Stacey's been banging on about it and it's not even out yet no, so I'm glad I'm disappearing to you is she banging because she wants to basically bang Tom Harvey uh, no is she a big Venom fan no she's a big Tom Harvey fan it's just you? she doesn't want to sleep with him she'd rather go for a drink with him yeah and, and play with his dog yeah yeah <laughs> and get him to read bedtime stories that's that so, so odd it's so so odd yeah yeah um, that's out, and also I think out on Wednesday or Thursday this week, we might talk about next week, maybe the week after, is A Star Is Born, okay. the Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper one, the yeah. remake of the 
grab a Tyson film. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I was actually going to ask you, but you've just answered the question. I was going to ask you if that was like the... Yeah, the remake. Yeah, but I was going to ask you if it was the Lady Gaga like story. Yes. No, it's not, it's not Lady Gaga story. It's just it's a remake of a film made in the 1970s. Right. Also in the 1930s, I think, as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like one of those like, timeless... One of those films that Hollywood always likes to kind of go back to, like, you know, like Scarface and all that stuff, you know. Because it's not a million miles away. Kind of roughly what I picked up from the trailer. It doesn't seem like it's a million miles away from her own musical, like, Possibly. early musical career. I mean, you know? it, it possibly could be that's why they've cast her. I mean, originally that film was, it was going to be at one point recently, maybe last, maybe last 10 years, it was going to be Clint Eastwood directing it with um, Beyonce in the sort of Gaga role. So it's, it's one of the films that forced her, this constantly forced yeah, her. Yeah. Want, people want to remake this film. It's yeah. one of the films that's a Hollywood standard. Um, but that's out next week. Barry, tell me where to find us. As always, all the usual haunts on social medias at Three Beers in a Movie. That's Twitter, Facebook, Book, and Instagram. your Instagram you yes. in charge of. Yes. Well done. <laughs> um, and we'll see you next week. I've been Richard, you've been Barry, and we have been.